Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to square one, where they first started their business, so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services. Today we have the honor of Tim Daniel and his son Colin Daniel with BD Planning Partners. Tim has been in the industry for 30 plus years and Colin has been in the industry for five years. At their firm, BD Planning Partners, they have at least 10 people on staff and a lot of knowledge that they're going to drop on us today. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Good to be here. So, guys, can you tell us just a little bit about yourselves? I guess we can start with Tim, how you got in the industry, and then we can pass that down to Colin. Well, I started in the industry for a couple of reasons. The biggest reason was I was one of nine kids and I used to work the chicken houses as a kid. And I said, this is not something I want to do the rest of my life. (laughs) I want to figure out how to make money, be wise with it, be smart with it, that sort of thing. And so I decided when I got into college, I loved math and thought I wanted to use math, but decided real quick that finance was my thing. And so I started uh, studying finance. I got a finance degree and tried to figure out do I want to use this being a stockbroker? What do I want to do? And what in my mind, really what I wanted to do was really guide and help people to be wise with their money. And so that was really what intrigued me was being in an industry where I could really take people through a process and just help them understand how important it is to be a good steward of your money, but also give them direction on how to do that. So that's kind of what got me into it. Nice. Yeah, my story's a little different. I didn't have to work in any chicken coops, which is a blessing, and I hope that that ever has to happen. But um, no, honestly, what got me in the business was watching my dad do what he does. He's helped so many people, so I got to see people's lives get changed, and I'm like, okay, that's something that I want to do. So really, from an early age, I told people, and I need to coin this. This needs to be like in my bio or something, but I wanted to be a quote-unquote money doctor like my dad, and that needs to go somewhere. But anyways, I've stuck with it. I think everybody in high school and college thought I was crazy because I told them from the get-go, hey, I'm going to be a financial planner, and you're going to be my client, you're going to be my client, and I'm going to help you as well. And they're like, what are you talking about, dude? You're going to change your majors three times. I'm like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And so I really just stuck with it, and honestly, because I saw what he did, you know, and it's, it's all I've ever known, so... Colin, you sound like the super fun person at the party where we're like, hey, I'm going to be like a baseball player and I'm going to be like, you know, doing this. And you're over in the corner being like, hey, I'm going to be a financial planner. So, <laughs> Maybe uh, not in the corner, but yes, okay. I was the guy that was, yeah, I'm a financial planner. Yep. Looking back, we can appreciate that now for sure. But tell us, like, what was it that you obviously saw your dad successful in what he's doing, being the money doctor? But what specifically, and I say this like personally because I've got two young children, but what did you see that just made you want to go down that path? And Tim, did you like intentionally do that? Yeah, so there was a few things. First off, just seeing how intentional he was with our family. He had a lot of flexibility with his schedule, so he really, you know... (laughs) It's like, I think my joke was, you know, I want to make what doctors make. I want to make a doctor's salary with not the hours of what they have to work. I want to have the flexibility to do what I want to do. And so for really from an early age, we traveled a lot as a family. We're big Disney people. We went to Disney a lot, traveled the world. And he started taking Fridays off early on to spend with us. He still takes Fridays off to be with my mom now that we're out of the house. But I mean, just seeing the 
full freedom to get to kind of make his schedule as a business owner. I'm like, okay, that's really attractive, that alone. But also just the, I saw the fulfillment from it, from helping people. You know, he was very passionate about what he did. So obviously I got to see that passion and now, you know, very passionate as well. But I remember sitting in on meetings and watching people, I mean, like break down crying and saying, man, like you've changed our lives. Like you've put us on a different trajectory and thank you so much. And so, I mean, I saw that from a young age and I'm like, okay, I want to have that impact on people too. Tim, was that intentional? Actually, it's interesting because I actually tried to talk him out of it. Okay. Because I wanted him to be sure in his mind it's what he wanted to do. So I actually probably more tried to talk him out of doing the business than I did in it because it is all he ever needs. So I didn't want him to just come into the business because he saw dad do it. And so I would say for about three years straight, even toward the end of his college degree, I was saying, dude, I promise you, you don't want to do this. And the reason being is the industry has changed so much. Okay. There's a lot of people who have done things the wrong way, as I was telling you. And by doing things the wrong way, they've made people that are trying to do it the right way, make it very difficult. So you really got to know what you're standing on. You really got to know what's going on in the, in the difference in this business and what it looks like. So I really did try to talk him out of it. When I saw how more or less concise in his mind, this is what I'm going to do in the back of my mind. I was like, sweet, this is awesome that he's wanting to do this. But yet it was more just, I wanted him to be for sure. And he didn't just do it just because dad did it. So that would probably be my mindset on it more than anything. Every time I talk to Colin, I always walk away and I'm like, man, this guy is just, he's good. He always shows a lot of integrity, which I can really appreciate in you guys' field, right? So when we look at people that are financial advisors, financial planners, what quality do you think that they need to possess as a person to be successful in that realm? You know, there's a lot of people in our industry that call themselves financial advisors and financial planners, and they've not done the same thing for themselves as they tell their clients to do. So to me, when you're when you're sitting and talking about that, you do this always in my mindset, I don't want to be the painter that doesn't have his house painted. Right. I don't want to be the guy that says I do this. I don't do it, but I'm going to tell you what to do. So I've always been very transparent with my clients, even what I do. I say, hey, I ask you everything about you. You're welcome to ask me what I do. And so it's kind of helping them understand integrity is very loosely used term anymore. It's like I promise you I have integrity. Well, integrity is not something you say you have. Integrity is something you do when people don't see you. And so to me, integrity is something you really got to have in this industry. I feel like to really make it. And after you work with a client for a while, they see the integrity that's there and they see, you know, know, kind of what you're doing there. So to me, I think integrity is huge, but it's also doing what you say you're going to do on the front end. If you say, I'm going to do this for you, it's following up and doing that every time. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, integrity is huge, but I would say another I word is intentionality, being very intentional with people. You know, our industry has been painted in a bad light because there are a lot of quote-unquote advisors out there who are salespeople and they're trying to push stuff down people's throats and really what brought me into this business is seeing what my dad was doing was not that it was true planning it was let me be objective for you and let's go ahead and see all the dynamics and let's talk about what you want not what I want for you and so I think being intentional with clients and you know, also listening to clients to listen, 
not listening to respond and tell them what I think they need to hear, being really intentional with relationships. You know, every one of my clients, we've got great relationships and it's kind of cool because I love people and I love getting to know more people, but being a people person is very important for this business. So I love that and I love the relationship. I think the common thing that we've seen with guests is like relationships are huge and I I don't know if that's like specifically Chattanooga, but I think it's business in general because I want to do somebody I have a relationship with. However, we want to take a step back and talk about like business. So if somebody was out there and they had the dream of being a financial planner, if somebody's wanting to get into that realm of guiding someone financially, what is something, not a tactic they can do to manage somebody's money, but what's a tactic that you could share with our audience that would yield a return on investment immediately as far as like getting customers yeah, I would say being very passionate about what you do. Yeah, I think you need to be bought in on what you are telling people. You can't go and promote something, promote your business, promote you know a product or service without being super passionate about that. So I think for me early on, it was educating myself on the business and the importance of it and seeing for myself, what's the difference that I'm making? And I don't think that I would be where I'm at if I had not had that passion early on of really wanting to help people. And I just think a lot of people are going out and they're just trying to make a living. They're trying to make good money, but they're not super passionate about what they're doing. And so my encouragement would be, you know, go ahead and educate yourself on the business and think about why you're doing this. You know, it's not just about making good money. It's about helping people and having that drive to create more relationships and networks like that's how you want to start out and i think no matter what industry you're in if you don't work hard it's not going to happen there's so many people out there nowadays that see where somebody's at and sees the success maybe that they've created or where it's at and they want to be there starting out really quickly it's like it don't happen that way and i think you got to in your mind understand that Building a successful business or doing well in any industry, if you aren't somebody that's going to bust it and work hard, it's not going to happen. Even with my son, I said, we're not going to make it easy for you coming in this business. You got to understand how hard this business is. It doesn't just happen. You need to go out there and get kicked in the face for a few years. So explain that a little bit to us. I love the passion. I love the work hard. I think that's obviously displayed from you guys. But what's a physical act that would make someone pick up the phone and call you like knocking on doors, billboards, social media? Like what would somebody be able to do that would like get a customer if they were in your shoes? What I've seen is the biggest thing for me is building up a good network, focusing on building a team around me of people that I can trust to refer people to. But I also know they value me, they're out there advocating for me. And so, you know, you mentioned like, okay, is it picking up the phone and doing cold calls? Is it, I haven't had to really do that a lot because the phone's ringing. You know, I was at the beach. I literally got back last night from the beach. Me and my wife love to travel. I got two or three phone calls at the beach of referrals. I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm at the beach and I'm getting business. And it's because of the network and the referral base that I've built. So I would say really practical way 
is go seek out that team around you, whatever industries they are that fit you. You know, there's networking groups you can get involved in. I didn't go that route. I just kind of created my own and it's worked really great. And I think piggybacking on that again, when I did come in the business, nobody had cell phones. If you were lucky, they had a pager. So, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> Isaiah wasn't alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was one of those guys that did go around knocking the doors. People that, you know, I mean, again, I was out there busting my tail because I was told by a gentleman that had been in the business, if you bust your tail for the first three to five years, everything will kind of fall into place. I said the same thing to him, even though it's a lot easier to contact people, get a hold of people, whatever it might be. So again, it comes back to no matter what industry it is, you got to bust your tail those first three to five years. And I'll tell anybody in any industry, if you don't bust your tail those first three to five years, you're going to fail. You are. I don't care if your dad's been in the business and has handed off to you, whatever it might be, which a lot of people do that. And maybe sometimes they just come into a business and they didn't have to work hard for it. I would almost argue the fact that they're not going to be quite as good as they should be because they didn't feel that hurt, that sting, that getting kicked in the face type of thing that we wanted him to experience. He's developed a network and a strategy really well. Where he, maybe he didn't experience it. And we're glad because he figured out, I don't want to get kicked in the face too many more times. But yet we wanted to you know, create that mindset that allows that success to be there because he felt how tough it is to really do this right. Number one, you got to do it right. And if you're doing it right, it's harder. There's a lot of ways to cut corners out there. And if you're cutting corners, you're going to face that down the road by doing that. So that's awesome. That's really cool to hear the difference of what connecting has looked like throughout your lifetimes and throughout your careers. With yours field specifically, Colin, I know that we actually talked about guys reaching out to you for like a mentor type thing. One of the greatest things that people can learn from are failures, right? So what have you guys seen as far as failures within your career that we can talk about and pass on to someone else to help them not make the same mistake? I'm sure that's going to be two wildly different answers <laughs> from the two of you. You may start. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like dad's is going to trump yours, but uh, go ahead. Probably. Um, Man, I think looking back, and again, I'm not 30 years into this business like my dad, but I would say one of the biggest failures that I had early on was being so wrapped up in growing my business that, you know, my at-home life suffered. My wife suffered and, you know, didn't get to see me a whole lot. And so... We've been married for over four years, and there was a period of time where it was like, man, things are tough. I'm trying to go out there and, and grind it and, and grow my practice, but yet this over here is getting neglected, and that's actually more important. And so I feel like I learned from that, realizing, hey, I can get so wrapped up in growing my practice, meeting more people, making more money, having success, that the more important things actually get neglected. And so learning from that, what I learned from that is to find that balance of, okay, go out and work hard. Like my dad's talked about, like you have to work hard. If you want to be successful, work hard, but you also need to balance that out with things that matter as well. And that's family. Family is really important to me. And seeing that, that there was a time in my life where that suffered you know, I'm glad I learned that early on as opposed to in, you know, 10 years in the business of now I know, I guess what, we're going to prioritize traveling and making memories and experiences. 
along with going out and finding the next big business opportunity as well. Tim, before you weigh in on that, Colin, I'd love for you to expound a little better. I think everybody in here has expressed that the balance gets difficult because you are busting your tail and eventually you say, damn, the family, like I've neglected them. Specifically, tell us like what you've done. And myself, we were talking earlier, like I try to set 4.30 to 7.30 every day only for the family. Everybody knows they can get a hold of me if they need to, but like I try not to answer the phone. We try to just be with the kids, you know, have dinner and bedtime and all that. So is there like a specific, you said beach, is there like a week a year, a week every four months, a specific time that, what have you found successful to be able to spend time with family? Yeah. Well, I'm a weird case because anybody that knows me, we travel like probably too much. We've we almost traveled like Isaiah knows. This early uh, in the business, he's traveling a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> that says, hold on. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah, the traveling is a big thing. But I think from a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week, we sit down at the beginning of the week and we prioritize date nights. Okay, we're going to have a minimum of one date night this week. And, you know, usually it's Friday, but, oh, Colin's going to be in Atlanta, you know, delivering a financial plan that day. So let's move that to Tuesday and we're going to make it extra special. You know, so I think focusing, being intentional, again, is the intentional word, right? Being really intentional. We sit down and plan out our weeks together. We plan out our months and make sure she goes on the schedule first. All the clients get built around her. And that's weekly you do that? Mm-hmm. Solid. Nice. And me, I'm a coach by nature. I love coaching. You know, I coached him. I still coach some school ball. And so I love it when advisors are in the industry and they need help or there's a, there's a situation with a client they're going to see and they say, hey, would you come along and help me? So I developed a relationship with one of an experienced advisor and he had been doing, you know, working in the industry for a long time. And there was a certain client that we referred to, and we decided to work it together. So you got to be careful from a failure standpoint. You got to be careful who you team up with. This was just a regular advisor in, in our firm. I went in, we closed the case, good case. My name's on the, on the case. And the client forms a complaint and says something was said. Well, it was said to this other gentleman, and I wasn't part of it, but my name is on the contract. Well, your name is there. It doesn't matter how involved you are. Well, it went all the way to the client, decided she sought counsel and decided she wanted to take it pretty far. So you got sued. So even though, no, not sued. Well, no, not necessarily in our industry. She files it. You file a complaint and you try to say, hey, I want to get it. We had actually made her really good money. So it was really a weird thing. But ultimately, because the industry was trying to crack down on certain people saying certain things, we were kind of an example. But. Even though I was not part of those conversations that happened because this other gentleman had the conversations because my name was on that, I ended up having to go down to New Orleans, Louisiana before a FINRA council and defend what was done and say, well, this was my part of it. Yes, my name was on the case. And you talking about something that's scary because all of a sudden, even though I was not part of any of these conversations, I'm now having to defend something that I wasn't part of, but yet my name was on the contract. So it was almost a failure of losing my license, even though I wasn't even part of it. So it made me really think, be careful who you line yourself up with. So I learned from that failure of thinking no big deal, 
But realizing if I'm part of a case, I am in on every conversation from now on. I'm going to make sure I know everything that's been said. So you have to really be careful who you're teaming up with. Tim, allow me to follow up with this because I feel like that doesn't happen to many people. You experienced a drastic failure that almost cost your license and your livelihood because of a partner. However, you are now in a partnership. What was it? Because after that instance, you probably said, I am not partnering with anybody else. But eventually you realized that to grow and to be successful and to share wealth and knowledge, you got to have a team. When did you allow yourself to trust people again? Yeah, in, in that particular case, it was more or less, this guy wasn't necessarily a partner. It was much as I, I was on a case with him. So therefore, we were partnered on that case, if you will. So, But it did shy me away from that. And Brad Bertram, who's my partner now, we talked for many years, actually, of doing a formal partnership and realized that a lot of the good that he had, I needed. And then some of the maturity, maybe experience and whatever was good for him to kind of slow him down some, him to speed me up and us pull each other. And we're partners in a lot of things other than just the planning business now, because again, we trust each other. It took a lot of years to kind of get to that point, but it's been, it's been great. So you said earlier, Tim, that like, of course we've got a plan. We encourage our customers to have a plan. I'm really curious because I know there are some family dynamics out there, but like, what is your specific plan? What does the plan look like in the future? What's that? I mean, tell us about that. You know, when you do financial planning for a client, they want to know, well, what happens if something happens to you? That's going to happen. Because we trust you. And so I say, well, I'm glad you asked that because we have a succession plan. We actually have a formal succession plan. We have in writing signed insurance on each other, all kinds of stuff like that as planners. And so ultimately, when we're talking to businesses and the importance of, of succession planning, I always ask the question, if you got hit by a Mack truck tomorrow, what's going to happen to your business? So ultimately, you know, Brad Bertram, who's been with me about 20 years and we've been together for a long time. He's like a little brother. I'm in my mid 50s. He's in his low 40s. And I was like, you need to meet Brad Bertram. You need to know who he is. Obviously, as Colin has come in the picture, he's now the next tier, if you will. Again, that we, our clients know that no matter how long, and like I shared with you guys earlier, I plan on doing this the rest of my life. It's an industry that I love. I love doing what I'm doing. Am I going to be able to see every client the rest of my life? No. But ultimately, I've got that succession plan. And ultimately, we've created the succession plan to have you know, someone who's my age, mid fifties, and then uh, someone that's around 40 and then someone that's in their twenties pushing 30. And so they need to see that the plan that we've set up for them has already got this mindset of here's somebody that's going to be, that's at least going to be in the business 40 years. I don't have 40 years left. Here's another one that's going to be a, another 20 or 30. So they see that mindset because again, the cool thing about our industry is we do a process we keep a, a client accountable to a process of a dealing with every aspect of their planning from today till their age 95 or 100. We've addressed it all. Well, if I'm not here, they want to know that that happens and somebody's keeping, keeping them accountable to that. Well, meet my partner, Brad Burcham. Meet my son, Colin. Meet these other people that we've brought into the industry. So it just is just wise, but it's wise to have it formal. 
because a lot of businesses don't understand who even their key employees are. We talk to businesses, who are your key employees? If something not just necessarily happened to you tomorrow, but somebody happened with this guy who's one of your project managers or your main guy, how would you replace them? So again, it's talking through not only succession, but also key people that could ultimately affect your business. And what have you done to plan for that? So that's a lot of what we've done. That's awesome. Great answer to that. We're going to get to the golden question that we ask every episode. Square one, when you look at your career, if you had one single piece of advice, rolling your career back to the square one, the start date, what would you say to them? I would just say, know exactly what you want to do. This business is a very, very hard business. People look at the people that have been successful and go, oh, I, I want to do that. But if you're not willing to do what it takes to do that, everybody wants to make money, right? There's nothing anybody wants you know, to do with their career and not make money. But ultimately, if you don't do what we talked about earlier, bust your tail for three to five years and be prepping to do that even in high school and college, because ultimately you don't get opportunities unless somebody sees that you're someone that should. I mean, when I have somebody that comes and talks to us about wanting to be in our firm, I ask them a lot of questions they've never been asked. When clients come in to do financial planning, we ask them questions nobody's ever asked them. I mean, we ask questions that most people don't ask in this industry. And the reason being is because we want to go so deep that they think different about even whatever planning they've done. Most of the people that are referred to me nowadays are people who are pretty successful. People who have already built big businesses, 50s and 60s. And I'm like, what well, I would expect you to have some good advisors around you if you've been a surgeon or if you've been building this big electric business or whatever it might be. But I say, who's your quarterback? And they're like, what do you mean? Who's my quarterback? Well, they're like, well, said, who do you go to for every financial question you have? Well, it depends on if it's taxes or if it's legal work. And I'm like, well, you should have somebody that you trust that you run everything by. And then they are the ones that coordinate, as I would like to say, they're the quarterback who hands the ball off to somebody else. And they're like, I've never thought of it that way. So again, I think it's understanding that if you're going to come in this industry, you should decide, do I want to take people through a process or do I just want to sell products? As Colin mentioned earlier, a lot of people in this industry sell products. That's tough. It's tough to sell products because now you have an agenda and now you have things you're trying to take every client toward as opposed to starting with a blank sheet of paper and saying, I really want to help people steward their money for the rest of their life. And so I think it's a it's a difference. I don't know, Colin, how you would answer that, but that's kind of the way I would say it to a young person that's looking at this particular industry. But it goes for any industry. You got to bust your tail. You got to be willing to put in that work and not just think I'm going to get to here at a certain period of time. It, it's a process. Three words. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> enjoy the ride. My, my uh, I have a mentor advisor in Memphis, and he told me that about a year ago. And I've got it with a sticky note on my computer because I have to remind myself, what am I doing this for? You know, if I'm going out there and busting my butt and making this stuff happen, but I'm not enjoying it, what's the point? And so I think what I would have told myself early on is don't get so wrapped up in, and don't sweat the small details. Focus on the big picture. You're helping people. Focus on that. But enjoy it. Enjoy the process while you're doing it. And I can truly say where I'm at right now, I love work. I lo every single day, it's, it's something new. It keeps me on my toes. And I'm enjoying the ride. But 
first couple of years in the business, because I was grinding out so hard, I, I was not fully enjoying it the way that I could. And so that's what I would probably tell, you know, a young advisor getting in the business is, yeah, bust your tail, work hard, but you also got to enjoy the ride. I love it. Thanks, guys. You know, I'm just going to recap a couple things. We got Tim Daniel and Colin Daniel. Tim is the experienced quarterback, and Colin is the money doctor with uh, BD Planning Partners. Uh, A couple things I just want to drop here as a recap. I think bust your tail has been said 54 times. (laughs) That is legit. So one of the things that we go over is we're talking to people that want to start a business or CEO level, whatever. But in the world we live in, people think that stuff just gets given to them because some stuff does, right? So the unsexy thing that nobody sees is you want to be successful. You have to work hard to go to the beach, you know, in the middle of October, you've got to work hard (laughs) to get there. And one of the things that Tim said that I love is, quote, if you're doing it right, it's harder. So it's easy to cut corners. We know that with every profession. But know if you're listening to this podcast, this shit ain't easy. If you want to do it right, it's going to be hard. So realize that. And family life will suffer. Sure, you can take off Fridays, but it's still in your brain, right? That's just a part of it. And one of the coolest things that you guys talked about outside of intentional and and integrity, I just love that, is a succession plan. So I don't think many people in any industry, and I'm just sitting here in my brain and I'm thinking, pest control, auto service, house cleaning, whatever it is, what happens if that person gets hit with a Mack truck? Because I can guarantee they're not going to clean the house tomorrow, right? And I have no idea in Indian, in any industry, nobody like tees up, they're next in line. So I love that you guys have done that because I need to know that. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Everybody else, it's going to happen. So if I want me, my family, younger people, my kids, whatever, if we want them taken care of, we have to have a plan of what's going to happen when the inevitable happens. So solid, solid advice, guys. Thank you. Would you have anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Well, I think just piggybacking on what you just said, just something came to mind. Succession planning, a lot of the times businesses have the mindset, well, we'll just deal with it when it happens. Well, our individual conversations with our clients are, if you don't have a will, okay, if your family's dealing with it when it happens, it's ugly and you don't think it's a big deal. But we tell a client right now, you should have done a will yesterday. You should have done a, you know, you got to get this stuff, what you want to happen with your life, with your business, you get it done today. Because if you delay it, your family's dealing with stuff or your business is dealing with stuff that they never thought they'd have to do. That's a true burden to them. Simple done if, if people will just understand the importance of doing that type of planning. Yeah. It's just planning for the unexpected before that unexpected event happens you know go ahead and having something in place because we don't know what tomorrow holds i mean quick story real quick because i'm a big story guy so i learned this really early on in the business i don't know if any of your listeners have heard of this disease before but i have a disease called alpha gal found out i had it from a tick bite 
almost died in my house from a tick. It's kind of embarrassing you know, if you sit and think about it. Like I almost, I went in and like shock, almost died from a little tick bite. Um, that's the, where well, you can't eat meat. Can't eat red meat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a big yeah. thing. Now. Yeah. I was a big steak and burgers guy and not anymore. Now I'm fishing turkey and chicken. But really what that showed me was, and here I am young. I was the healthiest I'd ever been. I'm fit. Like I feel invincible, right? And a tick almost put me out of commission. And I remember laying in my floor thinking like, I'm glad at least I've done the little bit of planning that I've done. You know, as a young, as a, you know, 22, 23 year old, I'm glad at least I have that in place, but man, there's so much more I wish I would have done. And I think a lot of people, something happens and it's always, you always hear, I wish I had done more. You know, I sit down with people in their fifties and sixties and they're like, I wish I'd met you 20 years ago. I'm like, well, yeah, I wish so too, you know, but I mean, I would have been, <laughs> I would not have been an advisor that far. Right? Um, but again, or at least I wish you had talked with somebody because it's always, I wish I had done more. It's never, I've done too much planning. I've got too much in place. It's always, okay, I wish I had thought about this before. So I think just planning for those unexpected events, again, I'm a walking testament of that. Like, you know, I literally almost died in my house from a tick bite. Again, how crazy does that sound? But it showed me, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I, I could not control that. That's not something I would have ever, I mean, I could have planned out so many things and I would have never would have put that of, I think I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock because I had steak the night before and almost die in my house from a tick bite. I would have never planned for that. So it's planning, going ahead and putting things into place because life throws curveballs at you and you're going to have unexpected events happen. So go ahead and just plan for all those things. And Colin could hit curveballs pretty good too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he got brought up in a baseball a fastball guy. But. There we go. Well, awesome. Thank you so much guys for coming on today. It's been a privilege to talk with you both. Absolutely. Thank you, Tim and Colin Daniel. That's Daniel, not Daniels, with two L's, <laughs> with BD Planning Partners, the experienced quarterback, and the money doctor. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Square One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Omni Home Services, where we rep Chattanooga Home Inspector, Nuclear Pest Control, Elevate Home Staging and Design, and Radon Eraser. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.